Warning! What follows is a story of monsters, madness, and mayhem! I'm Nick. And I'm Zach. Welcome to Weird and Feared, a barely educational podcast about global folklore that aims to enlighten, entertain, and expand your world! Last time I hosted an episode, um, I promised that the next time I would host an episode, um, that I'd deliver us another story from the wilderness of Colorado. Okay. Now, you could argue that last story I talked about was perhaps unbelievable, fictitious, made up by the ramblings of bored or rambunctious lumberjacks uh, looking to get a rise out of each other. You could argue that. I could. If you chose to do so. I mean, that story was, of course, our introduction to the Slide Rock Bolter. Rock Slide Bolter. Rock Slide Bolter. Either way, <laughs> what can you do? Yep. He's a creature with a name. It's cool either way you say it. Yeah. He's dangerous. A little hook thing. He slides down. I mean, we talked about it. We don't have to get into that again. Right. Um, but again, regardless of, you know, the case, we, reality never gets in the way of us sharing a good story. Mm-hmm. Um, but this week, our story is very real. Um, in that, of course, it actually happened, yet still many, many people may have and continue to find it perhaps unbelievable. Okay. Okay. Now let's journey to 1951 in the San Juan mountain range of Colorado near the New Mexico border. Now, a sheep herder shot and killed a grizzly bear that was close to his ranch. This was regarded as, as the last grizzly um, ever to be in Colorado. Really, it was the last. At, it was the last one to be documented. Um, hmm. A year later, they were considered extrapi- extrapated. What's that word? I don't know. Yeah, whatever. The, <clears throat> the grizzlies were gone. Okay, they were exterminated. It, I mean, that works. Yeah. There was a extradited seems wrong. That's mm. not the word. Expatriated. Ex, ex, that may be it. Expatriated. <laughs> yeah, They're gone. The point is the grizzlies are gone. They out of here. Uh, David Peterson, author of Ghost Grizzlies, quote, Whoa. those bears were here since the Pleistocene epoch. There were as many bears in Colorado as in any other state in the West. Now, we've talked about American expansion across the West and the destruction and the massacring of certain types of animals, mainly the wolves. We talk about the wolves a lot. What wolves? Thought we tried to get rid of those. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah, they're, well, yeah, they, <laughs> yeah. Everything swings back around. It's like, oh, we killed too many wolves. What if we brought them back? These ecosystems are out of control. There are so few wolves running around that the deer population is out of control, and there are things. That don't 
that look kind of like deers, but aren't deers that are allowed to continue to exist. Right. That seems like a problem. Maybe the wolves are what kept those things at bay. Maybe. And that's why the not deer seem to be making Hmm. their presence known. Something to think about. Now, alas, over the course of American expansion and manifest destiny, the grizzly has been wiped from the expansive Colorado wilderness. The Colorado bounty programs had proven a success because, of course, they had those, you know. Yep. Get rid of them. Ranchers were pleased. I mean, grizzlies don't do well against humans. Uh, well, as you can in imagine. what scenario are we talking? Well, they, you know, they, uh, you know. If you uh, want me to fight one? Yeah. I think it would win. You think you would beat a grizzly bear? No, I think it would win. Oh, yeah, okay. Zach, <laughs> <laughs> it's early. You yeah. <laughs> take it out the grizzlies. Oh, yeah. You want, I yeah. mean, I can say that. I can elaborate on how I would fight them. I will. And may, win. I'm very curious but I don't about think it's these, these details. I think it's uh, fictitious. You think you'd be making up a story? Again, yeah. a mm-hmm. story that might be a good story, but perhaps... Yeah. Not possible. Um, yeah, that might be uh, that might be tough. But you can imagine people imagine people living amongst the uh, the grizzlies, livestock getting wiped out. People yep. could be hunted because they don't give a shit. Grizzlies are kind of nasty. Um, their Latin name, Ursus Arctos Horribilis. Ursus Arcto- Arctos Horribilis. Mm-hmm. It's very adapt. You know what that means in Latin? Bear. Yeah, horrible Arctic bear. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Sure. That tracks. All right. In parentheses, I just have bear facts. So here are some bear facts about grizzlies. Let's bear down. Bear down. Bearing down. All right. Some characteristics of the grizzly bear. A pronounced muscular hump appears on adult grizzly's shoulders. Um, It's noteworthy because black bears do not have this hump. Mm -hmm. Specific to the grizzly. Aside from the distinguishing hump, a grizzly bear can be identified by a, a, a dished-in profile of their face with short, rounded ears, whereas a black bear has a straight face profile and longer ears. Um, you probably don't want the, uh, the longer ears when you're doing all that killing. Maybe shorter ears are better for killing. Why? I don't know. I'm just thinking because grizzly bears like to kill more than other bears. Well, I think they're just better at it because they're yeah. bigger. Yeah, well, they traded the killing instinct for shorter ears. Okay. I'm sure there's something. Again, I I may not be. I don't need to. I don't need to be able to hear if I just murder everything. Basically, yeah. I may not be a doctor, and I may not be a meth user, but I may in fact totally a scientist. That's totally what I do. I'm totally a bearologist. All right. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. Ursologist. Yep. Is that a word? Yep. Okay. Cool. Um, a grizzly bear can also be identified by its rump. It's got a hump and a rump. Yeah. Hump and a rump. Mm-hmm. Which is lower than its shoulders. A black bear's rump is higher than its shoulders. Hmm. How many bear's rumps you looked at in your life? Not many. <laughs> Not enough? No. <laughs> Not enough. A grizzly bear's front claws measure two to four inches in length. That's short. A black bear's claws measure one to two inches in length. I mean, two inches, four inches. I mean, they're both bad. (laughs) I mean, they're they're both going to get you. Yeah. But one is really going to get you. Yeah. Like, it wants to get you, probably. Hey, how do you feel about YellowstoneBearWorld.com? I don't know. All right. Well, you're going to 
we'll, we'll, uh, I'll ask you that question after I read you some more grizzly facts. Uh, this article, you know, how fast can a grizzly bear run? How can they move so quickly? Uh, ursid species are surprisingly fast. Isn't that like the scariest part about a bear? Mm-hmm. How giant they are and how quick they move? Yeah, I think so anyways. It's pretty, fr- it's pretty frightening. It's not good. Um, at least not, I mean, it's good for the bear. It's probably done them a few favors over the years. Uh, despite their muscular boxy bodies, flat feet, and a thick layer of fur that you'd think might slow them off. It's a weird way to phrase that sentence, but that's what it said. The protruding muscle-top shoulder blades of grizzlies in particular power their forelimbs to sprint and dig. The distinctive hump on their upper backs, we've mentioned that already, formed by this mound of muscle is the best way to distinguish a grizzly from a black bear. Look for the hump, dude. Mm-hmm. Bears also have large claws that can grow to be more than four inches long. Again, kind of tackled that already. Which aid them in finding their footing on soft ground, but impede their ability to run on hard surfaces such as asphalt. Well, luckily there's not as many. You know, they didn't really evolve to deal with asphalt, so I can't slide them for that. I don't know how many grizzlies are barreling down a parking lot, and if that's the case, well, everybody's in trouble. Mm Mm-hmm. Since their forelimbs are shorter, they can carry a more tremendous amount of weight than their back legs. The bear's lopsided stature has long given the impression that they cannot run downhill. However, this misconception has been debunked on multiple occasions. All right. That bears can't run downhill? Yeah. That was a serious thing that people thought? (laughs) I mean, people believe a lot of wacky shit. If I'm downhill, it can't get me. (laughs) I don't know, man. All right. Good luck. Oh, I think it's going to get me. Yeah, that seems very possible. All right, so we've established that you can totally beat up a grizzly bear. That's what you're talking about already, right? Sure. You can beat its ass. Yep, it's cannon. Do you think um, Do you think you could outrun a grizzly bear? Oh, yeah, I can run like 40 miles an hour. All right, well, even Usain Bolt, the world's fat. How fast can you run? 40. 40 miles an hour. <laughs> uh-huh. Hey, the world's fastest man couldn't outrun a steadfast grizzly or black bear at full speed. Uh, 2009, the famous Jamaican sprinter set the world record for fastest human foot speed ever recorded. He clocked in at 27.8 miles per hour. That's so not less, as fast as I can less run. Less than Zach. Less than Zach. Yep. You got something at like Usain Bolt, um, which was nearly four miles per hour higher than his average speed. And more than 10 miles per hour faster than the average human sprint. Now, that's encouraging, right? Mm-hmm. Well, it's too bad that seven miles per hour is slower than a grizzly's top speed and just two miles per hour slower than a black bear's. Mm-hmm. So that's not going to be well. That would be quite a sight to see, though, because it'd be quite a sprint. Then the bear would be coming. And for a while, you might have a that gap would be closed um, fairly quickly. See, that's why I, I knew I had to run 40 miles an hour. Though. Yeah. You, so I'm good. You've trained for this. Yeah. He just runs marathons. You run from bears. Yep. Nonetheless, uh, you know, Bolt could out, he would be able to outrun a lumbering polar bear or Asiatic black bear, which I guess is also called a moon bear. That's cool. Hmm. They can reach speeds of 25 miles per hour. Oh, a sloth bear, a panda. Now, a panda can achieve speeds up to 20 miles per hour, but that thing isn't moving anywhere. No. That thing, he's like, nah, man. Uh-uh. I'm okay. What if I just rolled on the hill? Can I do that? Yeah. That's I'm probably how they reach 20 miles per hour. They just spin really <laughs> fast on the hill. Yeah. This just takes quite a tumble. All right. Well, 
Line graphs depicting his breakneck sprint show that he can only maintain his full speed for one to two seconds. Usain Bolt. Just like any other person. Now, to contrast with the bear, um, there's been many records in Yellowstone National Park that go back as far as the 1930s, how a bear can maintain speeds of up to 25 to 28 miles per hour for two miles. Jeez. Oh, my God. Some of the only data on bear speed present to this date. I don't, I've, I figured, despite scientists doing science things, I don't know, you know, to be able to clock enough bears to get a consistent, that seems like it might be a tricky thing to do. Yeah. Well, I just host a bear race. <laughs> what do you do? You send out flyers? How do yeah. you get bears? Hey, man. <laughs> yeah. Free berries if you yeah, show get up. Get some berries and honey, man. Yeah. Want to run? Okay. This is the bear with the flyer in his paws, his four inch claws, like. Oh, I'm interested. Yeah. I do like honey. How do they get my address? Yeah. <laughs> I should never sign up to that website. This gave away all my information. Now, average people, yeah, they kind of do, you know, 15 miles per hour. Yeah. Slow type deal. Uh, that wouldn't work for them. Um, now, fortunately, bears have traditionally tried to stay away from humans. They don't usually go after them. Um, they only kind of defend, you know, their family, where they live, and, you know, if well, they, they don't have, typically hunt people. If they have food nearby, correct. It's not typically what they do. Unless they're polar bears. Mm-hmm. Polar bears hunt people. I mean, yeah, they got slim pickings, but they... Yeah. Somebody should really get, like, polar bears like a grocery store, mm-hmm. and they need some help. Yep. Just a little market. Here is your fish. Mm-hmm. Oh, would you like a seal today? Here's your seal. Was that a bear noise? I think it might have been. <laughs> <laughs> that was a happy polar bear looking forward to his seal. Mm-hmm. Regardless, why are we spending this much time on bear statistics? I don't know. Definitely sounds like we're wasting our time. Especially talking about Colorado. The grizzly's gone. Yeah. It's dead. Well, that's true. The end. We done. Mm -hmm. The last bear had died in the 1950s. September 23rd, 1979. The last day of bow elk hunting had arrived. Okay. Now, Ed Wiseman wasn't a young man. But he wasn't exactly an old man. At 46, he was an outfitter who would often guide hunters around the terrain that is a local Coloradan. That's the term, right? Sure. Coloradan. It is now. Coloradan. Coloradidian isn't correct, so mm. Coloradan. He was extremely familiar you know, with, again, the terrain that he lived in because that's where he's from. Now, what do you picture when you imagine a mountain man? This is what do you picture when you imagine a mountain man? A beer, beard, and yeah. beer. And beer, yeah, too. Um, I don't know. A coonskin cap. That's more of a frontiersman, I guess. Yeah, but still, I mean, burly dude, yeah. beard, mm-hmm. tough guy, maybe had a few beers, yeah. knows the outdoors. Well, that was Ed. Standing five foot ten at 190 pounds. In a CBS Denver article... Um, Alan Junat describes Ed as being, quote, tough as aged leather, 
with thick hands and broad muscles. Hmm. Quote, his father, Sherman, spent his youth as a boxer before working 42 years in the open hearth of a Pueblo steel mill. His mother, Virginia, shrugged and said fine when 16-year-old Ed told her he would be spending four nights in the Colorado mountain wilderness with friends. Fear was never allowed to enter the Wiseman home. Okay. Again, Ed's a mountain man. His dad worked 42 years in a steel mill. It's tough work. Mm-hmm. Fear might as well have been a foreign language to Ed. Quote, Well, I don't know if I've ever been. This is, again, about being afraid. He would go on to say, um, in fact, chuckling, quote, I've been apprehensive, I would guess. Okay. So, so never afraid, but maybe... A little unsettled. A little cautious, right? Unsettled. Correct. Now, on this day, which was, of course, September 23rd, 1979, uh, Ed was guiding 25-year-old Mike Nidiri. That's what we're going to go with. Within the Continental Divide, east of Pagosa Springs in the southern San Juan Mountains, they had left their base camp stationed on the east side of the divide next to a road, not far from New Mexico, where some other men... And Mike's dad remained. Little hunting party, little group. Mm -hmm. um, around 5 p.m., neither Ed nor Mike had secured an elk yet. So the duo split up to cover more ground. Today was the last day, after all, of elk season, and they were in it to win it. Gotta get that elk. You gotta get it, man. That's what we're here for. Mm -hmm. It's the name of the game. Elk time. Equipped with bows and arrows... Not bows, just bow and arrows. He doesn't have multiple He's bows. Dual wielding bows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'd like to see that contraption. Mm -hmm. I don't know how you like maybe hook it to your vest. You don't need to worry about it. Or like yeah, like web shooters, like Spider Man. Yeah, no, he's just got multiple crossbows. Yeah, pulling them back. Yeah, ready to go. There you go. Perfect. That's what I good. That's good. But he does, in fact, that's a cool scenario. But he only has one bow. Dang. But multiple arrows. Now, they split up, and Ed proceeded on foot to the edge of a ridge. Then, I mean, Ed knows the terrain. He's looking around. He knows the wilderness. He's at peace. Mm -hmm. Again, he does not know fear. Not familiar with it. Then, Ed heard it. Barreling towards him like a beast possessed. But there was nothing supernatural but the grunting and growling behemoth careening his way. And then he saw it, again after hearing it, with only 30 feet between him and this beast that separated them, and it was closing quite fast. How fast? Well, we talked about... Pretty rapidly. ...what a grizzly can do. Was it going downhill? Um, it was... <laughs> if I get downhill, it'll leave me alone. <laughs> All right. So 30 feet and this beast separated Ed and the beast. Now, this is from an MIT News article um, in the blink of an eye. This is just, I want, you know, we talked about, like, bear stats. Let's give you a hu some human stats. Okay. All right. A team of neuroscientists at MIT has found that, human, that the human brain can process entire images that the eye sees for as little as 13 milliseconds. The first evidence of such rapid processing speed. 
That speed is far faster than the 100 milliseconds suggested by previous studies. In the new study, which appears in the journal uh, Attention, Perception, and Psychophysics, researchers asked subjects to look for a particular type of image, such as picnic or smiling couple, as they viewed a series of 6 or 12 images, each presented for between 13 and 80 milliseconds. Now, more quotes from the article. The fact that you can do that at these high speeds indicates to us that what vision does is find concepts. That's what the brain is doing all day long, trying to understand what we're looking at, uh, said Mary Potter, an MIT professor of brain and cognitive sciences and senior author of the study. Now, Ed's brain definitely found a concept and understood exactly what he was seeing and with what little reaction time he had, he screamed, no. <laughs> no. No! And elevated his bow across his chest. Now, but bows are not shields. Nope. And the collision sent his bow flying along with scattering his arrows onto the pine forest floor. Okay. The sack had transformed into a tackle, and Ed was down. Mm-hmm. What do you think? What's, how do you feel about what's going, what's going on with Ed right now? Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Okay. Um, quote, I had never hunted grizzly bear, but being an outfitter, I had also been responsible for the harvest of 100 or more black bears and had probably seen 200 or so black bears over my career. I knew what a grizzly bear looked like, and when this bear was coming at me, I knew by the hump in the back and the broadness and flatness of the head and the two-tone color of the fur... And this kind that I was looking at, that's how we said it, and this kind that I was looking at, a grizzly bear. I believe him. Yeah, he knows his stuff. Mm-hmm. Quote, I swung my bow at him. It's a good start. A bit, you know. And he sent the bow flying and knocked me down. Now, again, as he was being charged, he went to... I went into a tuck position and gathered up my legs and laid on my side and put my neck and laid still. Ed played dead. Mm -hmm. Possibly a useful survival tactic in any other bear attack, but not here and not now. While mounting his still body, the bear did not halt its attack. It was relentless. The mauling continued. Mm-hmm. Quote. She first grabbed my leg and went to chewing on my lower right leg and dragging me around, and my first thought was to try and play dead. She worked on my right leg a little bit, then went up and got onto my right shoulder and was dragging me around like that. And then at that point, I began to change my mind as to whether she was going to leave me alone or whether I had to do something else. It's fair. <laughs> All right. It's like, all I don't right. know if this is working. <laughs> this might not be ideal. <laughs> it kind of hurts. I don't think this is working. Yeah, this is. <laughs> I'm getting mixed results. <laughs> yeah. And I decided that playing dead wasn't working. His eyes scanned for anything he could use as a weapon. Again, we're changing tactics. Mm-hmm. And that's when he saw it. And that's also when he saw that it was within his reach. Quote. The broad head, fortunately, was pointed at the bear already. It was on my left side. I just grabbed the arrow with my left hand, 
then rolled from my side onto my back, and at that point stabbed the bear, attempting to drive her off more than kill the bear. Right. So the bear's turned over, and he's just going to town. Yep. Then I don't remember what went on at that point. Till a little bit later, she was standing over the top of me lengthwise, and I remember seeing a stream of blood that looked to me to be about the size of my thumb pouring out of her neck, and she had a hold of my right hand. At that point, I stabbed her a second time and behind the right shoulder and again got in behind the third rib and into the chest cavity. Okay. Uh, That's the end of the quote. And then the bear was not really pleased about that. I bet it wasn't. It was a little upset. Mm -hmm. And that is when it unmounted Ed. It got off and he stumbled away. Quote, at about 20, 25 yards, and I watched her stop and lay down. At that point, I knew the attack was over. Okay. Now, Ed had successfully thwarted the attack. But in order to judge, uh, judge a successful bear attack, you know, successful defense of a bear attack, you kind of have to grade in a curve. Because now Ed lie in a remote section of Colorado wilderness, Covered in his own blood, the blood of a bear, a large chunk missing from his shoulder, with his mangled legs, one bone being absolutely shattered. Um, from a CBS4 Denver article where this interviewer, uh, well, this interview with Ed came from, quote, there were 75 to 80 different puncture wounds and tears, end quote. Just a couple. Just a couple over Ed's entire body. Uh, And he was also 14 miles removed from anything resembling a populated society. Mm -hmm. Uh, Where one battle ended, another began. Now, what would you do after that had happened to you? Which, I mean, just... (laughs) Because it's it's probably what Ed did. Help! Yeah. Just start yelling for anyone. Yeah. Trying to make as much noise as he can. He's already assessed the situation. The bear is down. Mm-hmm. Bear down. Now, the man he was guiding, who had said he had yeah, where's that from, guy? At? Yeah, well, Mike, he, <laughs> he heard him. <laughs> Mike, like, what the hell? Mike heard him, and upon finding him, Ed realized Ed was in quite a pickle. I can only begin to imagine the thoughts racing through the young twenty-five-year-old Niedery's brain. It's N I E D E R E E Niedery. Sure, about right. Mike had seen the bear before they parted ways about 100 yards away, but incorrectly classified it as a black bear. Oh. So like Mike had seen a bear, but like black bears usually don't charge people. They're not as aggressive as grizzlies, so he didn't really think anything of it. Right. He's just like, all right, it's fine. Ed, despite being a tortured mess, asks Mike to find his horse. Yep. Um, Ed's horse, this is, this is crucial information. Um, Ed's horse is named Freckles. It's a good name. It's solid. And get them both back to base. I don't know how long it took Mike to realize what was being asked of him, but he threw the mutilated Ed in the back of a horse named Freckles uh, to try and get Ed back to base camp. And he did. So he hoists the bleeding, destroyed man onto the horse. But riding a horse in this condition, and if you've ever ridden a horse, you can probably imagine not being, it's not feeling the greatest. Mm-hmm. Um, Ed might not know fear, but he can feel pain. 
Yeah. Um, so this condition was too much to bear. Pardon the pun, but I had to quote. I elected to get off the horse at the head of that meadow and send him back to camp. So we get on try and he's like, nah, man, you got to put me down. Yes. <laughs> yeah, no, like, I bet that would suck. It's like, all right, this blood splurting everywhere. I can just imagine. Mm-hmm. And the horse has got to be smelling this and be like, what is on me? Yeah. Quote. Oh, this is not a quote, but this is just me. You know, if this story was a Jeopardy answer, perhaps an appropriate question would be, you know, what is a great example of a shit show? Just a bleeding carcass of a man galloping down the forest. That would hurt. It would not feel good. Um, from the Gazette article summarizing uh, a book by Deb Carpenter Nolting. Um, Marion Man, Battle the Grizzly, and Lived by Orlin Love. Uh, this was January 14th, 2014. Oh, they phrased this, he encaptured this section pretty well of the story, so I figured I'd, you know, go from here. Wiseman's client, who was a stranger to the wilderness, rode a horse seven miles in the dark to Wiseman's base camp, basically giving the horse rein and letting it lead the way. So now we're relying on just the instincts of a horse to know where home is. It's a horse that knows. The camp cook then rode a horse another seven miles to the nearest motor vehicle, which took the cook another 10 miles to the nearest telephone, with which the cook called the county sheriff, who arranged for an army helicopter to pick up Wiseman the following morning. Meanwhile, as Wiseman lapsed in and out of consciousness during the 15-degree night, his clients, Niederdee and his dad, Dr. W.L. Niederdee, Niederdee, sorry, a lot of E's in there, Niederdee, rode back into the wilderness to bring him aid and comfort. Now, for starters, they wandered for hours in the darkness, looking for the right trail, before Mike Niederdee found it and finally reached the injured guide. So, like, you know, the guy who is navigating you through the wilderness yeah. has been incapacitated, and now you're going to try and save him. Mm-hmm. And you don't know what you're doing or where you are. It's not ideal. It seems less than great. Yeah. Put that out there. Uh, he started a fire for warmth and carried creek water in a leaky... F- oh, shit. That's intense. He carried warmth... He started a fire for warmth and carried creek water in a leaky flashlight to, uh, you know, help give Wiseman some water and avoid dehydration. Yep. Yeah. Doc Niederi, led by a disoriented intern guide, so, you know, second tier, took hours longer to reach Wiseman. When he finally did at 5.30 a.m., he arrived without medical supplies. Lost on the back of a horse that slid down a cliff and later had to be euthanized. Oh, jeez. It's a bad night. It's mess. Yeah. It's a mess. Only a helicopter, the helicopter, could save Ed now. Quote. I had the heat of the fire to start with. Then as the night wore on, I'd run out of wood and was not strong enough to go get, oh, to go scour the mountainside to go get more wood. And so as the fire died, then I eased up next to a small pine tree that had pine boughs down very close to the ground. And I had a saddle slicker and a jacket and I crawled up underneath this pine tree the limbs of the pine tree to break the wind covered as near as I could with the saddle slicker and to further breaks the wind and that's where I spent the remainder of the night I tried to do some isometric exercises alternately contracting and relaxing muscles to 
relate some energy and but the biggest thing is to keep your mental wits ahead of with you so you don't panic and that'll get you in more trouble than anything initially i just survived by the hour so to speak that, mm-hmm. sounds, that sounds pretty all right too yeah right that sounds okay i don't know if i'd say okay <laughs> yeah i'm sure he's doing i'm sure that feels real manageable fine i mean it's just a bear yeah jeez how bad could it be yeah right maybe he's overreacting a little bit yeah uh, what's not just a couple scratches was it like 80 puncture wounds yeah something like that uh from seven o'clock to ten o'clock i had the fire and i gauged what the fellows from camp was doing based on what i could do which was not realistic I knew that I could go from my position to camp and be back into that same area by 10 o'clock or something like that. But I failed to take into consideration in my state what these people who was unfamiliar with the area were facing and darkness and all that kind of stuff. They did a fantastic job, and I'm not downgrading that at all. From 10 o'clock, I said, well, we'll probably be here by midnight. So I got to midnight. Again, just step by step, trying to make it just a little bit further. A little mm-hmm. bit longer, give him little benchmarks to try and just, again, keep his wits about him. Quote, even when I was alone up there in the dark and freezing, I never had the thought that I wouldn't make it. Wiseman continued. I just kind of, I just kind of, you know, little bited it through the night. Again, some of these things are kind of written how we talk. I'm um, taking it a few minutes at a time, believing that help was on the way. I mean, at this point, if you don't have hope, you just you just wouldn't you you have to. Again, I'm trying to put myself in the of course the spot of a man who's been mauled by a grizzly bear, and I was just hoping people who have no idea what to do are going to find me and save me. <coughs> yep. Again, it's a less than great place to be. Mm-hmm. I knew that the that the near was done. I knew that it was mostly just muscle injury. And I had beat the bear so I could beat this. And all I had to do was make it to daylight. I made it till midnight. And when they didn't get there by midnight, I know that by daylight, people are going to be here. Just keep changing the benchmarks. Tell yep. yourself you're fine. Yeah. Because what else are you going to do? Yeah, I don't know what I, else you're going to do. <laughs> there's, nothing, there's not much else you can do. Yep. Uh, Ed was right. At daybreak, help via helicopter had arrived. Upon seeing Ed's condition, one of the pilots puked. Really? Uh, now, Ed spent 31 days in the hospital recovering from this vicious confrontation, uh, which was not without its own surprising obstacles. Um, Ed, being tough as hell, and of course a man who knows no fear, mm-hmm. starts to feel pretty good after no time at all, despite his injuries. Okay. Fast healer. He's ready to go. Mm-hmm. Boom. I'm healed. Let's go fight that bear. Let's get out of here. Let's, <laughs> <laughs> Let's just make sure it's dead. Round two. Round two. <gasps> Ed, it's killed. You this killed it. I'll, this time I'll be ready for him. Yeah. Ed, I think you got it. Then a doctor takes off the towel covering Ed's leg and he examines it. Quote, the vision of seeing a man's finger totally disappear in your leg, that really upset me. <laughs> Well, yeah. Quote, the whole world changed at that point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Again, 
Fair. Yeah. Additionally, um, just to add, um, you know, more drama onto Ed's situation. Uh, killing and hunting grizzlies was now illegal under the Endangered Species Act of 1975. Okay. Well, in the hospital, he was read his Miranda rights. Oh, yeah? Oh, yeah, because, you know, he's a, he's a criminal at this moment. Okay. Something about that doesn't add up, but... Quote, I thought it was totally a formality, but it turned into a lengthy investigation. Huh. Jesus Christ. <laughs> They said the autopsy showed evidence of a third arrow wound and accused us of shooting the bear and provoking the attack. Okay. It's just amazing to me. Yeah. Okay. And he, and and again, you, it's illegal to hunt and kill grizzlies, but even if like, I think he's punished guys. Yeah. Do you see what's going on over here? Yeah. You can put your hand. The doctor just keeps sticking his finger (laughs) in his leg. He's calling people in here like, Hey, look at this. See, totally gone. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's the sound that would make. Uh, the investigation took seven months until Mike and Ed successfully passed polygraph tests, clearing their names. That's absurd. That's ridiculous. Yep. Three weeks after a finger went in his leg, and physician, uh, wow, physicians telling him he would walk the rest of his life using a cane, Ed left the hospital. And in almost no time at all after leaving the hospital, he was back outside living the only life he knew with no cane. Right. So Ed is kind of a maniac. Right. Mm-hmm. Do you want to see what Ed looks like? Yes. Okay. There's Ed. He doesn't look like a maniac. No, he looks very reserved. Mm-hmm. But he's got his flannel shirt, lumberjack shirt, his mountain man beard. Mm-hmm. Holding his killing weapon. Yeah. Is he not tough? You know, he's, he's a good dude. Yeah. He's like a guy. Yeah. As you can imagine, uh, Ed was, you know, now covered in scars. Yeah. It's not going to heal. No matter 80, what. 80 puncture wounds will uh, take a little bit. Yeah, it's going to leave some damage. Uh, he was never quite the same physically, but considering how the doctors had talked and how bad off he was. Ed seemed to heal pretty well and continued guiding people in the wilderness for another 20 years until he retired and moved to Iowa with his wife, Judy. At the time of this writing, at 86 years old, he now works in the outdoor department at the Marion, Iowa Walmart. Okay. Quote, I enjoy people. I still don't like to sit around and do nothing, and working at Walmart gives me something to do and helps pay the bills and that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it'll do that, Ed. Mm-hmm. Quote, it's a fact of life. As far as it bothering me, as near as I can tell, it doesn't. I lived in the woods. That's what I did. And if you live in the mountains and you're around wildlife and remote country and all those things, well, you have to accept what goes with the territory. Now, this tale is truly one of a kind. And Ed, perhaps truly a one of a kind man. Judy's got some things to say about her husband oh yeah quote he had absolutely no idea how much upper body strength he had okay well she sounds like she's into him you didn't really want to shake hands with him back then <laughs> Judy. Wow. okay right that's how i felt like all right she's into it yeah <laughs> she's his wife now ed is working at a walmart making a living doing his thing but what about the bear 
I don't know. Where's he working? Kmart? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he lost his job. Well, she, yeah, she strolled in. He was one of those Charmin bears. <laughs> Just stuck wiping her ass. Ah, <laughs> <camera. laughs> oh, well. I'm just sorry. I'm just picturing the bear wiping its own, its rump. Uh, well, the pelt and bones of the 400-pound female grizzly can be found in the basement of the Denver Museum of Nature and Science. Hmm. Its skull takes up space on the second floor for all the world to see. So you can go to this museum and look at the bear he murdered in self-defense. Mm-hmm. Now, I did say murder, which is probably the wrong connotation. I probably shouldn't have said murder because it was a battle for survival. Right. Um, but Ed still gets flack about what happened that day. Why? Like, and it's still, I mean, it's an honest question. I mean, he's still surprised people talk about it. Now, Ed, to be fair, like, if someone's like, hey, that could kill a grizzly by himself. What? Barehanded. Bear. Well, <laughs> well I mean. With an arrow. Yeah, but I mean, but the, bear, the bear's got a bunch of knives. He's just got an arrow. Yeah. Um, quote, it still amazes me the attack fascinates people. Now, Wiseman would tell that to the Durango Herald in an interview over the phone from his home in Marion, Iowa. Quote, I suppose it's because it was a freak of nature that I was able to survive. And of course, by flack also, I mean, people don't believe it happened. I mean, they have the bear. They have a lot of doubts. And he looks or was pretty fucked up. So. I think. Yeah, a lot of it stems from like again the like initial investigation of how they thought like it was a hunt. They were hunting the bear and it backfired. They don't trust that it was just. But it's like, not supposed to be there. <laughs> they thought it was dead. It was supposed to be extinct. Yeah. Again, this is the seventies. The fifties was the last one that had been seen or spotted or whatever. Just twenty years. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Ish. Yeah. Right. Quote: I fought that from the time of the attack. Now, Wiseman said of the accusations that he is, you know, again. People saying he's lying. Quote, it's been to a degree a thorn in my side, if you will. I understand it's kind of a far-fetched story for anyone to believe, but that's what happened. Yeah. Uh, quote, well, oh, this isn't, sorry, this is just the name of the book. Ghost Grizzlies, I mentioned earlier. Does the great bear still haunt Colorado? Now, author David Peterson didn't believe Wiseman's story either until he talked to him and walked away convinced. But again, the bear was older and slower. And well, taking into account how his wife described him, Ed was a pretty tough dude. Right. But perhaps he just got lucky. His first arrow stab punctured the... have something to do with it. <laughs> right? Yeah. That feels believable. Yeah. Uh, his first arrow stab uh, punctured the bear's jugular, and then the additional one landed near its heart. So, boom, boom. I mean, if he's an experienced hunter, too, you'd think he knows right. kind of where to aim. Right? And, it, and it might even just, that might have even just been in his head, like, going forward, wherever, you know, he sees the most vulnerable points, and then, yeah. quote. So you have this old geriatric bear fighting an exceptionally strong man. That's David Peterson said in the journal article by Jonathan Romero, um, called the man who killed Colorado's last grizzly bear, uh, you know, if it had been a less robust person and a younger bear, it would have come out differently. Yeah. I think Ed was totally innocent, and he was damned lucky to survive. Again, yeah, luck is a huge factor here. Yeah. 
And there was also like, um, they were, I don't think they found any cubs, but they were thinking basically it was like near a ravine. So like the bear saw Ed and there's like nowhere for the bear to go. And so it, you know, it got in, cornered, got immediately defensive and just went for it. Right. It was feeling threatened. But again, maybe this bear saw Ed and recognized how powerful he was. And he's like, damn, dude, I am scared. Yeah. This guy looks like he's going to fuck me up. Yeah. He looks pretty muscular, sinewy. Yeah. I bet this guy's wife is really into him. I hate him. <laughs> Time to go. <laughs> So there that is, the story of the last grizzly of Colorado and the man who narrowly put her to rest. Mm -hmm. Um, One final quote, an epilogue, if you will. Um, I lived in the outdoors, and I was aware of what the possibilities were, and it was just the circumstance. There was nothing other than it was one of the events of life. People still wonder how in the world it ever happened. Well, I wonder myself. And that's the story of Ed Wiseman and the last grizzly of Colorado. I, I was just amazed. It's pretty good. It's a lot to handle. Definitely. That, and often, I mean, we often talk about the, the things we could fight or destroy or battle. Yeah. And uh, this man reminds me of um, tournament talk when we were discussing how many, um, you know, wolves perhaps Muhammad Ali could take out. Well, we know for sure one man could take out a grizzly bear in the right situation. Yeah. The right alignment of, you know, younger man, he older bear. Eat his bear. Wheaties that morning. Eat his Wheaties. He was feeling pumped. Yeah. Had a little bit of luck on his side. He gave his wife a good, strong hug, which she appreciated because she could feel his strong upper body against, you know, her. Yeah. She's like, hi, right, good luck, Ed. Yeah. That morning, Ed shook, shook uh, the doctor's hand and it hurt him a little bit yeah he, and his wife was like mm-hmm, that's my head yeah that's my, <laughs> <laughs> that's my guy uh-huh and then she just tells other people i don't know if he knows how strong he is it's like judy what is going on yeah this <laughs> judy i'm just i she's like i just know ed's real powerful we get it judy he's he's gonna go hunt a bear yeah yeah defend himself from a bear yeah, no. Just, oh, yeah, no, no, I mean... I yeah, just defend himself. Get the FBI and Ed. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine sitting in a hospital bed, being accused of a crime after you almost died? Sorry, you... Uh, it's like, so that was against the law. We're going to read you your Miranda rights here because you're under arrest for murdering a bear. Like, oh. Just like, do you, can you see me? Yeah. Look at this doctor. Is he... <laughs> pokes and prods. It's like, look, my finger goes all the yeah. way in. He's like, no, guys, look at this. <laughs> Oh man, wait! It's like Ed, you're not ready yet. No. This this your leg is sloppy. See, this this is supposed to be not with my finger in it. Yeah, the opposite of this, which yeah. is yeah, your finger your your uh your leg isn't supposed to be sloppy, Joe. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man who battled the beast. Yeah, totally happened. So is that is that a cryptid then? Because it's not supposed to be there. That could be. Yeah, I mean, kind of, kind of, sorta. Yeah. I mean, you're not supposed to be grizzlies in the area. I mean, we've talked about it before. They wander. Yeah. Out of their area that they are. Uh huh. It's always 
a possibility. And I was reading too because there's you know way you could you know bring this around, which is always the case of like repopulating areas with certain kinds of bears, like you know things that animals that we've you know made almost extinct in certain areas. But like a lot of people, of course, object to the grizzlies being put back because <laughs> you know they're afraid to let their family outside or yeah. have a farm because the grizzlies don't give a shit. They'll just come and get you if they're hungry hmm. or if they're mad. I saw a video the other day of a, a black bear trying to get some guy's dog. Oh, my God. It like came oh, into my God, his, yes. It came into yes. like his screen porch, and the guy like fought it off. Jesus Christ, yes. Yeah. And But that thing, because I think I saw that same video, that guy, the bear was like, oh, shit. And yeah. They like, ran away. Yeah. I think they both went, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sorry. It's like, oh, this dog has been claimed. Yeah. I didn't know this dog had a home. I thought it was just like food dog. Yeah, snack dog. Hot yeah, dog. I just want a hot, just want a hot dog. But I mean, then I was, you know, looking at pictures of grizzlies and things. I mean, they're. They're big. They're scary. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. Ed Wiseman and the last grizzly of Colorado. Wild stuff. Yeah, I guess I didn't realize there weren't grizzlies in Colorado. I know, right? I ne- never thought of it. No, why would you? But I mean, again, so we I mean, just. They're, they're right north of there. Right. Are they are they in California too? I mean, are they on the flag? Is that a grizzly on the flag or is I it a brown so, bear? But I don't know if that actually means it's there. Yeah, it's true. I mean But even like with this, we always wonder like do you, even no matter how advanced we are, and again I'm not an expert in the surveillance state of the United States of America. There's a lot to know about that. But do we really know what's in all the woods in the entire country? It's a big place. No. There's no way we can know. Right. If it's just a few of a certain thing, you know, you may never see it. You know, how long, if this bear was older, how long was it living in Colorado before it encountered Ed and he wiped it out? Yeah, I mean, if it was old, it could have been living there. Yeah, for a while. I mean, I mean they lived like 20-something years. Feels right. Could have been there since the 50s. Right, it's you know, its brother could have been the one that sheep herder killed. Who knows? Yeah, just roaming around, doing its thing. Could have been. I don't know if I did. I read something where like it was there was evidence that like it may at some point in its life it had cubs. It had you know what I mean. It had a you know babies at some point. Maybe that's possible, but they couldn't obviously. No know. evidence of the cubs or where they were or how you know because it's probably long ago. Right. But yeah, we don't know what's out there. Not every place. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I suppose if anyone's happened to seen a grizzly bear. Or fought one. Yeah, if you fought a grizzly bear and have been arrested for defending yourself. That's a silly thing. Right? Like you can't. Not only did you barely survive, we're going to accuse you of actually starting the fight. Mm-hmm. This bear's family wants to press charges. This is exactly what I said. It was self-defense bullshit. Yeah. You went in there looking to kill this bear. Like, oh, well, I was looking to kill elk. We heard you had a a, a tiff with its with this bear. It's uh, its cubs told me you were out for it. You came by their house earlier. Got real angry. There's some shouting. Doors slammed. A lot of doors slamming. Mama bear 
wouldn't say what the issue was, but she seemed real down. And then next thing you know, she sh- shows up dead. Hmm. Seems a little suspicious, Ed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it definitely seems, uh, you know, premeditated. Yeah. And where are the, where are the cubs now? What'd you do with those, Ed? Yeah. Are you a cub napper, too? Yeah. Where'd you put them? It's no crime of passion here. <laughs> no, plan. You plan this. Planned assault. Mm-hmm. Then you have, you know, Mike Needery, who thinks he sees a different type of bear. Yeah, it's just a black bear. That's fine. Shouldn't warn him about a black bear either. Who cares? Hey, right? yeah, there's a bear over there. Nothing. Just like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And one of some of the things I was reading too. Yeah, like, he'll figure it out. Like he, uh, <laughs> like, like, right, right. <laughs> like, cause they were spread apart, and like maybe the bear got like Ed got like Mike's scent, and then just went charging, and then it, Mike was no longer by it, so then it just focused, like it, you know, focused on Ed, which I guess is lucky for Mike if that's the case. Yeah. Because then, like you know, like if they're spread far apart, it smells and it gets distracted. I don't know. It's hard to picture exactly again how it played out, except for the, the multiple stabbings and then. Right. Yeah. You know, it just makes me think about the, uh, you know, the Revenant when DiCaprio is battling a bear. I always think about that. Hugh Glass. Yeah, which I mean, he's an absurd. Again, I thought about Hugh immediately when I was reading this. Yeah, well, because I think the Revenant is based is. off of Hugh yeah, Glass. It but is. Yeah. They definitely do some stuff. They can't help themselves. Yeah. It's got to be a movie. But mm-hmm. I mean, stuff like this is just real life and it's crazy. Yeah. All right. Well, again, we're in feared podcast at gmail.com. We're on the Instagrams. The, uh, follow us on the patreon.com slash we're in feared for behind the veil. Leave us a review wherever reviews are able to be left. Um, you know, Enjoy what you hear. Spread the word. Yep. And again, do your best to avoid grizzly bear attacks. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they've ever been seen in Illinois, but maybe we should keep an eye out. I think we absolutely should keep an eye out. I'd rather be on the lookout than caught off guard. Right. Yep. Likewise. All right, guys. So stay safe from grizzly bears and all sorts of things that are out there these days. Mm-hmm. And stay sp- Spooky. Yeah, stay spooky.